Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host, live from Venice Beach, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, Mr. Prano. How's it going? It's good. How are you? It's good. We're doing this nice and early here on California time. It's just after 8 a.m. Don't say I never did anything before you, Derek Pulse. Right out the gate. Right yeah. out the gate, you're, you're saying how you're doing so much by I, I, literally, you, your bed is five feet away. You got out of oh, that bed. It's two and a half feet away. <laughs> five feet. I don't think there's anything in this apartment that's five feet from one another. I don't think you can get five feet wide in this apartment. I'm just saying, you know, you had said about doing this podcast later in the day, because you're going to have a a pool day, a pre 4th of July pool day with your family. And I said, why later? The Derpals probably want it early. We should just, I was like, I should just get up early and do it. You're like, well, how early? I was like, I don't know, 8am. And you were like, wow. All right. Now, are you seeing some advantages, Joe? You don't even have to walk to my apartment. You have Andy have I not been saying this for years you have I have been saying this for years that we'll get to the point where we're going to have me in one studio and you in another and virtual and honestly this is just a test run but but it will it will improve the quality of all this stuff will improve soon we're not far from the point where it looks like we are sitting on the couch with one another with technology yeah yeah I think you're right well, we're actually it's, live on- Look, look, the chemistry is not the same, Andy, as when I'm sitting next to you, but uh, we're doing the best that we can in these unprecedented times. True. And we're live on YouTube right now, actually. Wow. Unbelievable. We're, 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 we've taken to the next level, finally. Yeah. By the way, my book about uh, my months in coronavirus is uh, titled These Unprecedented Times. I like it. I can roll with that. We are in unprecedented times, though, Joe. It's it's like I know I I, I know that because that's how uh, emails from every corporation start with me. Well, I in these unprecedented times, as we struggle with the effects of coronavirus and racial equal the fight for racial equality here in America. Well, we, I we. <laughs> At Adidas, just want you to know that your Stan Smiths are still available in size 13, and you can order them online at any time and have them delivered to your home. Don't come out to one of our stores in these unprecedented times. People are out fighting for the lives of black people. Just order your sneakers online. I'm like, thanks, Adidas. Yeah, I know. They, they, they Don't even get me started. I don't even want to go down that. In these unprecedented times, we at Dunkin' want you to know that it's still okay to drink your coffee black. And I'm like, Dunkin', <laughs> what? 
Stop it. How about the troll job that uh, Yasser Lester did the other day with uh, our friends at Jersey Mike's? I saw that. That was hilarious. The amount of DMs and tweets I got from Dirtballs that I had to explain. Like, I caught it real early with a few people we were texting, and we knew it was fake, obviously, because he's a comic and a writer. And uh, the amount of people were like, oh, my God, did you see this? Did you see this? I'm like, guys, it's fake. Really funny. Really well yeah. done. Yeah. But fake. Now, I have to ask, Prano. The beaches are closed. The restaurants are closed. It's July 4th weekend. What are you doing in Los Angeles this weekend? Um, what am I doing this weekend? That's a great question. I don't know. Uh, I believe my brother and I, it was my brother's birthday uh, two nights ago, two days ago. Um, my brother jumping on the golf train. My brother wants to get around the golf in tomorrow. So I think we're going to golf. Uh, and then I honestly don't know. I'm not, I'm not like super upset about it. Uh, but you know, the thing about Venice is I don't go to the beach on 4th of July anyway, cause it's a mob scene. Yeah. So hopefully it just keeps the people out and I can, um, sneak down to the beach for a surf. Well, your birthday's this weekend as well. My birthday is Sunday. I believe. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Big four one. That's right. Uh, I'll be entering my Tom Seaver year. Yeah. Which is uh, which is exciting. I have a good run here for a little bit. My Tom Seaver year, and then my Jackie Robinson year. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there's a big forty three out there somewhere. And then you know, the Hank Aaron year. You got yeah. You do have a good run. I, I want to give a shout out to a dirt ball. Also birthday. You remember Jacob uh, Steinauer? I think that's how it's pronounced. We met him in San Diego. He's a big, loyal dirtball. We talked to him after the show Okay. Um, down in San Diego. Sorry, what was that room? Downstairs. Uh, I know which one you're talking about. That was the uh, – I know. I know it. I know it, Andy. You're talking about the, like, the little beer room? Yeah. The, uh, and it had the little amplified ales, I believe it was called. God, I, I my, my, my brain is fried. But anyway, shout out to him. He's a big loyal dirt ball. Amplified Ales, isn't that what it was called? No. I believe it was. That's, that maybe wasn't the show, but I, I believe the, the bar was called Amplified Ales or something like that. You think? No. Why are we losing our mind? I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm I, trying I, to find it. I, Andy, I think it was. Really? Yeah. The Amplified East Village. Yeah. Yeah, this is off to a hot start. Amplified Ale Works in San Diego. Well, so shout out to Jacob. Yeah. Happy birthday, my friend. Happy birthday. His birthday's today? I think it is today. I like, you know, Andy, um, during during these unprecedented times. There we go. I, uh, I have enjoyed how many dirt balls have reached out to us saying how much they love the show and how much they appreciate that we've been plugging along through you know all this stuff when a lot of podcasts have tapped out and a lot of podcasts are just dialing it back and uh dirt balls just want you know i appreciate that your warm words are what get me out of bed for the for these 8 a.m podcasts yeah i agree I, I really do appreciate the love and the positivity we've received. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough. 
But we do have a lot to discuss today, Joe. Let's go. A lot on the plate. Let's start off with NFL news. The league will shorten preseason to two games from four games. And there are rumors that they might even eliminate it because the NFLPA is not going to want to play any games. You are going to like this. I do not like this at all. Why? Because it is a sign to come of the season being canceled. Um, I look at it this way. Once you start canceling stuff, that worries me. I do want less games, of course, for the preseason when there's not a pandemic. But that scares me that they're already canceling the Hall of Fame game. Now they want to take the preseason from four games to two, maybe zero. That's why I'm concerned. I mean, I think that if, if there's any thought process behind this of have, like, like pushing things back as far as they possibly can to make sure that the first time that teams – face each other or whatever like everything is set up i'm totally for it i mean i i understand where you're coming from this may mean that they're still shaky but i keep going back to the idea that the nfl is not going to cancel their season unless they have to like uh, you know again think of their season as um you know a domestic violence situation between their player one of their players and a their wives they're not gonna talk about it unless they have to unless video comes out and it comes out on in the media they're not gonna talk about it so um i i just think that the nfl is gonna do everything they can to play week one so prior to that um i'm not worried but also like it doesn't it doesn't affect anything like they could cancel preseason games and play week one, or they could cancel preseason games and not play week one. Either way, they're going to play week one if they can. And uh, I'm all for less preseason games, especially yeah. you imagine coming out for a preseason game and then canceling week one because guys get sick. Yeah. Again, I, I understand those viewpoints, but I just worry that, like I said, it's the beginning of cancel canceling things. And personally, I am a little bummed. I, not for the games. I don't care. But there was an August 16th Chargers-Cowboys Sunday Night Football game. You're going to appreciate it so much more when the first time you step into SoFi Stadium is for a regular season football game. Yeah, you're probably right. Take a fucking tour. Well, that was, that was the preseason game. That was the point of like, yeah. I don't really care about the game. The tour is, it's a preseason game. I can walk around the stadium. I don't know. It, it, I just, dude, I am, I am so back and forth at this point on my concern. As to whether they're playing or not? Just sports in general. I, I am just like, I, I would argue that we are back to square one. Well, we're certainly going backwards. Things have reopened and then things have closed again. I mean, we are going backwards, but, uh, and, and I think, that there's multiple things that could happen. You know, baseball could not end up starting. Basketball could start and stop. But I, football is still, and I've been saying it the whole time, 
football doesn't care about its fans, its players. Football cares about nothing but money. You know, the NBA is going to let people wear Black Lives Matter on the back of their jerseys. And in football, you will be blackballed for life if you say literally Black Lives Matter. So we're talking about a league that functions only to make money, and that's it. They don't care about improving the game, spreading the game around the world, any of that stuff. They just care about money. And so that's why the NFL is, I feel like, in you know, a realm all its own as to whether or not they will play. I think if you have hope for anything, Andy, it should be hope for the NFL season. Well, good. And obviously that's... It's the furthest away and the one that cares least about people in general, human beings. They care the least about human beings. Yeah. Well, there is a leaked story, not even a leaked story, the athletic, which I don't subscribe to, so I didn't read the whole story. I basically read the headline in the first paragraph, which I'm allowed to read. They're saying the NFL might institute waivers for people like me, season ticket holders or fans, to sign that would make them exempt if I get the Rona attempting or while attending a football game. I mean, this is literally what I just said. Yeah. They have an Ivan Drago waiver. If they die, they die. Welcome to the stadium. <laughs> if you die, you die. Parking is $65. And if you die, you die. <laughs> I love that. The Ivan Drago waiver. I mean, it really is. You talk about just a callous and ruthless. And by the way, from what I read, and I did read some things on this, a few lawyers are saying this wouldn't even hold up in court. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> They're like, what? You can't have fans sign waivers that if they get the Rona, they can't sue you? I mean, you have to be an idiot to go to a football game and think that you could be able to sue a team for getting coronavirus. I think it, it would be hard to find, it would be hard to convince a jury that no, you as a person didn't know that Corona was a problem. But no, the, uh, no, the lawyers are saying that this waiver doesn't hold up. Right. I understand that. Just in general. Right. I understand that. But I'm also saying you would have a hard time. You'd have a hard time getting a payment out saying, I, you know, I went to a football game and I got coronavirus and how dare this, the league, not the, you know, the team not take care of me. Yeah. Well, the, the college thing, I, I want to have a little discussion about the college thing. Cause I've been thinking a lot about it lately, the college football players, right? Yeah. None of these college campuses are allowing students for the most part back, or at least right now, definitely not right now except the college football players are allowed back. Okay. And I, I, there's just so much hypocrisy, if in my die, opinion. they die. And we know that football is the cash cow. Meanwhile, Dabo's like, if they die, they die. <laughs> they die, they die. They die, they die. <laughs> Welcome to the Ivan Dabo waiver. If they die, they die. God's plan. God died. Put on a cross. Watch out for the Rona. The Rona's like Judas. It'll get you. They die, they die. Da da. Why are you saying da da? Da da. Da da. They die, they die. 
football matters. Football matters. Jesus matters. Mary matters. The Holy Spirit matters. They da da da. They da they da. They da they da. That's the cash cow, right, Joe? The College div- football. The division one. I, not just for. I mean, for the entire university, I, I just want to, I don't think people fully understand that the amount of money that let's say an Ohio state or a Clemson or a Bama, what that brings in for the whole university as just from a economic standpoint is it's the most vital thing along with donors for a university. So I'm going to say this right now, college athletes in particular, I should say, Football players have never had so much power, in my opinion. The, the, the black football player has always had this power, but I think this – I had a great discussion on the phone about, with Tug about it last night, and he said this on the show before, is that basically, you know, his viewpoint is the NCAA leverages that people are going to play because they want to play the sport. They want to have the glory, right, of playing in the Rose Bowl. Or the, or the Fiesta Bowl or whatever, right? So that's the NCAA's leverage. But I think that leverage is gone in a lot of ways because of two things. Obviously, the pandemic and now the political, soci- you know, sociological revolution that's going on, cultural revolution, whatever you want to call it, that's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement. So, so, so I, just, I just want to say this. This is kind of what I'm getting to. The players have never had more power. They've always had power. But now it's like teed up to them on a plate. And in my opinion, they have so much leverage to all of them just say, fuck you. You need our money more than ever because all the, the funds are, are drying out. They should, like, now is the time where they unionize. Now is the time where the players basically can kind of control. And I don't know if they realize that. And I think now more than ever yeah and i mean i am i am elmo in the burning room here like i love the idea of the ncaa burning down i want it to to come down entirely i think that the the problem with any sort of union or coming together is there's so many schools and those schools have so many players. And yeah, Ohio State, Florida State, whatever you can, you can talk about, like, I don't know, the top, what, 30, 35 schools? Like, take, take the top 25 football programs every year and then, like, the 10 that rotate through. That is – you need – basically what you need is you need one of the premier programs. I would even go so far as to say you need, like, a top 10 program to all do it to like for the whole team to do it together and for it to happen like dominoes like okay if every if if the ohio state players say this is how we're doing it it'll fall like that otherwise it's so many players across so many teams that i just feel like it's it, it would be hard to rally people together yeah and, and look i agree that it wouldn't be easy and again i'm not saying do this as a players i'm just tossing out a scenario where from my vantage point from like a strategic view they've never had 
an easier way to do it because of all these factors. That's all I'm saying. And and, and then there's also the issue of these aren't guys who are making a living now doing it. Like every one of these dudes. Yeah. There's a lot of people who want to get an education and there's a lot of people who want to go to the league, you know, and then there's just people who want to keep playing football. So you also have like a subsection of people within each team. That's like, who is, you know, is the guy who's going to be a, is, is Trevor Lawrence who's leaving after this year uh, really fighting for this? I understand your viewpoint, but. And it's almost like the biggest names and the biggest schools. Those, those guys are the ones that have the most to lose by starting some shit right now. They're also putting themselves at risk with what, like my argument would be, what's the reward? The obvious reward for an NFL player, NBA, or Major League Baseball player to do this is they get paid. Right. So my argument back would say to the kid who's showing up in Tuscaloosa, I'd say, look, man, they're not letting everybody else on campus at all right now in July. But they're allowing you. Like, what, what, what does that say about how much they, one, need you? And also how less of value they treat of you as a person. That, that, that's, right. all, that's all I'm saying. If it's unsafe for everyone else, it should also be unsafe for you. And that's all I'm getting at. And I think it's an interesting scenario that in a weird way, I think the players are just, they're just missing the safety thing. I don't know how closely you followed the thing with Kansas State last week and the student who was tweeting stuff. Um, and a lot of players at Kansas State said they don't want to show up to football until the kid was kicked out of campus. And he was right. I, I, didn't, fo- I didn't follow that at all. Okay, so he was, he was tweeting a bunch of, you know, I'm, I'm free speech above everything like you. He was tweeting a bunch of stuff about George Floyd. Um, and, you know, he was going deep. They were, we can use that. Some people will not argue that they were jokes, but he was coming from that perspective for sure. A joke like, congrats, George Floyd is been sober for 30 days now or something you know so obviously it's like a dark dark joke and he was just tweeting he wasn't from what i saw and i could have missed something he wasn't he was he was he was a student or a player just a normal student at kansas state alexa stop come on Alexa. okay so he's in he's a normal student at kansas State. so he's not on campus no and, and he's just he's tweeting these things and he wasn't tweeting racial slurs that I saw. My right. point is he was just being an asshole. Yeah. So my point is this, a lot of players from Kansas state were saying we're not showing up until this guy's kicked off campus. And I actually disagree with that. Again, I am a free speech guy. Like, like he wasn't tweeting offensive or whether you, you could deem it offensive. He wasn't tweeting things that I would say could get him kicked off campus. There's a difference between being a dick and getting kicked off campus. Anyway, that's up for debate. Now, but, is it true that he actually is leaving campus? He's declared early for the Barstool draft? I did not see that. Shots fired. But my point is this, Joe, to bring it back to the players. I saw a lot of the black football players tweeted, we're not going to campus or we're not showing up until he's kicked out. And from my vantage point, I'm like, wait a second. You're more this is cons- where you guys draw the line. And that's my point of like, yeah. like, guys, look at the big picture. They're ready to throw you right on campus with a pandemic 
maybe maybe that should have been your first concern. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just tossing it out there. Look, the the situation in college sports, especially major college sports, and we're talking football and basketball. I know, like, I am definitely in the minority. I think that there is the majority of I, – I think I'm in a very, very, very small minority of people. There's, there's two major groups. There's, there's the pay these guys. There's the they're getting school, and this is a whole thing. Meanwhile, I am in the camp that just says, like, let's get rid of the sham that is major college athletics where 25 schools across two sports have professional football and basketball teams. And we're pretending like this has anything to, and then they compete against other universities. Like it's just absurd. I hope this whole thing dismantles the sham that is the NCAA. Yeah. I hope this is just one part of it. Coronavirus and the O'Bannon brothers taking down the NCAA. I, I just, from my viewpoint right now, I see an unprecedented opportunity or opportunities that could be missed. And, and again, who, who am I to say? I'm just, from a strategic standpoint, I just see it's been teed up, dude. The, the platter's here, especially with these, these two massive things happening. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I just think it's going to be really tough to fill these stadiums in two months or some of them less than two months. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I just don't know how this, this really plays out. Why did I feel like college football was like for sure getting canceled and now they're acting like it's just going along like we're totally playing? Like, are there, are there schools that are already like, no, we're not doing football this year? I haven't seen that yet. Or no, maybe a couple, but not from the majors. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you're saying. Not from, not even like the huge programs. I'm saying like, not, nobody from like a major Power 5 conference have I seen that. But like. It's, it's the worst because, you know, they are retiring Eli Manning's jersey at Ole Miss this year. And I was like, well, I want to go to that game. And now there won't even be – like, they can't do that at a fanless game. No, they won't. Move that shit to next year, guys. I'll come. I'm glad, again, we, we've somehow managed. No, but I'm saying – but I'm, I'm, I'm saying the point is even from – like, the games being played are one thing. But, like, there's so much that goes on around this stuff from – College game day. Sure. To, like, you know, we're talking about, oh, everything makes it, makes their money on uh, TV, you know? But, like, the Alabama whatever p- Pacific game that they always play in September, like, are, is there, like, are you really, are people really tuning into, like, the, I feel like college football more than other sports, there's so much about the fanfare. Like, I was yes. just saying, I don't watch college football, but, like, I go to – it seems like a college football game every year in person because there's something to being it's in fun. person at the Rose Bowl or whatever. Or, you know, I've gone to the Orange Bowl. I've gone, you know, wherever. I would go to Ole Miss for an Eli Manning retirement ceremony. I, I'm just saying that 
unlike football, NFL, MLB, NBA, where you're dealing with 30 teams and one governing body uh, in regards to the money, like the NCAA doesn't go like we have a whole deal with, you know, football. It's like yeah. we have an SEC deal. We have a Big Ten deal. We have whatever. I think you make a great point, Joe, and I actually haven't heard that yet. I think you make a great point about college game day, about the fanfare. That is – I've been to Ole Miss. It's, it's amazing. I'm sure you're aware of the Grove and the yeah. whole hoopla. It's a scene down there. I mean, it's such a scene that everybody dresses up. It's a whole other thing. Like, you, like I was dressed nice for a football game, which I'd never done before. And it's, it's a whole show. I mean, I think that there's probably going to be a drop in attendance this year because they can't bring the Confederate flag. But, uh, you know, the coronavirus will probably have an effect on it, too. <laughs> ah, take a drink. You earned it, Joe. You deserved it with that one. Yeah, I just... I just, at this point, wonder about sports in general, and obviously I've flip-flopped a lot, but I think a lot of us have. You know, I think my, my, my emotions as a person are kind of like my sports takes where they're just they're going back and forth as this whole thing plays out. But it's, it's crazy when someone like Rick Pitino almost seems like the voice of reason. I don't know if you saw what he said. Rick Pitino said we should – I can't we should, keep up with anything, man. I didn't even know that they were closing restaurants again. You told me that. Yeah. I can't keep up with anything. And I kind of don't care. Well, I like that attitude. I think it's a good way to live too. I've been saying it is what it is like 400 times a day lately. It's like, it is what it is, man. I feel like I'm the guy in office space after he gets hypnotized. I'm just like, what are you going to do? I think that's an acceptable saying for the, the Corona, but I, I hate that term normally in life. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like, like when somebody says to me, and, and I used to probably think this way, but I've changed. Like, well, it is what it is with all the homeless people in LA. I'm like, well, no, it's not. You can do something about that personally yeah. or the government. Like it's not, it is what it is. But with Corona, there is a lot of stuff out of your control. Obviously, with they, when they close down things, it's out of your control. Um, but Rick Bettino said, I don't think there should be sports till January. Like he's basically saying, let's just push this off. And it might sound crazy, but dude, what they expect these guys to do. He's like, except horse racing. Let's definitely race horses. Yeah. If they die, they fucking die. You know? I mean, the protocols, Joe, we're already seeing some in place. What they expect these players to do. I just don't think it's realistic. And I don't know if you saw Stephen A's thing about NBA players are not going to be able to go three weeks without getting laid. I did not see that. So he was basically saying when they're in that bubble, you expect these guys to be celibate for three weeks. And I actually think he has a point. But I thought the whole thing was that their families can join them in. I don't think they're letting side pieces in and Instagram models and the girls who slide into their DMs. J.R. Smith's like, you trying to get the bubble? <laughs> you're telling me these guys are just supposed to go around on it's a small world in epcot 
riding Space Mountain. Solo? No hoe? You ain't gonna have, if you don't bring your hoe on Space Mountain, I mean, what are we even doing in the bubble? Got a point. Stephen A's got a point. You can't tell me you're, you're, you, these, these NBA players just going to walk around Disney World eating giant turkey legs with their teammates? Come on, man. You trying to get that turkey leg. You know what I'm saying? Calling in these ladies, hit sliding in their DMs, going, you trying to get a giant turkey leg? And it's not just the NBA. So I have a lot of insider information because I know somebody who, who works with the Reds and will be traveling with the Reds. And they gave me, I had a, like an hour long call with them yesterday. So they gave me all the protocol. And, and it, it's the same thing. Like Joe, I wanna ask you, the protocol that they're expecting for two months from these major league baseball players as they travel still, the protocol is basically, like, let's take the Reds, right? The Reds fly to Chicago for a, a series against the Cubs. And probably, they'll probably bang out Cubs and White Sox since they're playing both Central, right? They're expected to basically go straight to the hotel. Stay in the hotel until games. Like, the person was telling me, all this stuff is written piece by piece of what the players, the Reds team staff, everybody's supposed to do. And it's kind of the same thing of they're expecting young, wealthy, horny dudes to not venture out at all or allow, like they're not allowed to have any people come into their room. I'm saying how realistic is that? That's all I'm saying. Like if we're doing these restrictions, what, what are we doing here? And then how is that going to affect them on the field or on the court? Well, so there's two sides to this. One, if they weren't playing sports, theoretically, they would just be locked down at home. We've all sort of been under a quarantine. We've all been like there. There are a lot of places where bars and restaurants aren't open. So like I, I can't imagine besides Ezekiel Elliott, you know, that a lot of these guys have been going clubbing uh, in the past few months anyway. So it is an extension of lockdown. But um, then the other side of this is, Andy, a lot of these teams and a lot of these leagues kind of have these rules. I mean, not obviously as strict of these rules, but NBA teams have curfews. NBA teams have whatever, a night before games. They don't give a fuck about that anyway. You know what I mean? So, yeah, of course they're going to break these. The, uh, I'm sure J.R. Smith is going to get his side piece to visit him in the bubble. But my point is, then you're risking the whole thing falling apart. Do you see what I'm saying, Joe? The, the, the minute that side piece comes in and she's got the Rona. You telling me J.R. Smith's not going to put his side piece into a Chip and Dale costume and sneak him through the employee entrance and Disney World to get his dick sucked? You are crazy. No, Steven. What I'm saying is she brings the Rona. She gives it to JR. JR gives it to LeBron. LeBron gives it to Anthony Davis. The whole thing falls apart. And if they die, 
Teta! <laughs> I I just see this the title of this episode is Sports in these unprecedented times. If they die, they die. <laughs> you play Jenga, right? You play Jenga, right, Joe? I have played Jenga. There's, a, just, there's a game that, that's not coming back after coronavirus. Here, everybody touch these blocks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like to play it with uh, the nephews and nieces. Nice. It's a fun little game, right? Yeah. But what always happens? Thing falls down. I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> what i'm just saying we've created a giant jenga piece that i just from a realistic perspective prano do you think this shit's all gonna work like i just see recipe for disaster i want sports <laughs> my that's, biggest, the, that's, the worst, that's the worst analogy i've ever heard we're talking sports and coronavirus and you're like you've heard of humpty dumpty right <laughs> sat on a wall what happened? Had a great fall, Joe. Had a great fall. And what? And what? All of the coronavirus doctors and all the king's men couldn't put them back together again. Just remember that. I'm just saying, Joe. Giant Jenga piece. It's about to fall apart. Do you think these leagues complete their seasons or even start their seasons? Like if I said I, I, if I said to you we have we have NBA. Somebody, a, a friend of mine, a friend of mine just asked me this: which 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 season finishes? Which yes. sport finishes? It's a great question. I still say the NFL, and I say that based on their lack of human compassion whatsoever. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I, I just think again, if too many big players get it. It's just it just devalues the whole the whole sport. Look, there's already a devaluing happening of the sport because we've got guys voluntarily sitting out for a, a number of reasons. I mean, we've got you know Avery Bradley, his son is immunocompromised. We got Ian Desmond, who wrote a great long you know Instagram thing about why he's sitting out between you know his family and you know, like everything that's going on in society. And, and like the people are coming, not just going, oh, I don't want to get sick. There are people who are sitting out for a variety of reasons. And one player, especially in basketball or in football, if it's the right player, baseball a little less so, but one player can change your whole season. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, like, there's the, 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 you know, I know in the record books when we look back, blah, blah, blah. But, like, listen, everybody, 2020 is going to be uh, a number that sends shivers down the spine of everybody for years to come. Do you think that there's, there should be, like, an asterisk next to – the winner. I I saw an interesting. Quote we already from, did. We already said this, Andy. I said there should be emojis. Oh, we did. That's right. Oh, but I but I saw something interesting from Austin Rivers saying it, it's even more difficult to win a title in this circumstance. 
Like his argument was the other side that I saw of him saying, look, man, it's even more difficult, more mentally, physically straining in these unprecedented times. I, well, I guess, I guess the, um, you know, it depends on how you're looking at an asterisk. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily think an asterisk means it was easier or it was a cheating. Like, I know we always use that as to say, oh, we're going to put an asterisk next to every Patriots season because they cheated and next to whatever. But, like, there's also been strike-shortened seasons. There's been whatever. And, and by the way, again, if you denote – if you go into, like, record books – a lot of times there are like, it's not just an asterisk. You know what I mean? There's a million different denotations that say like this, is, and this refers to this, and this refers to this. And it's just like, there's just going to be something that refers to the fact that these seasons were shortened, that people were, and, and no one's going to, you know, forget what happened. Yeah. No, I, 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 I understand. And I, I just think that, Again, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with, you know, Austin Rivers, like, yeah, this is more difficult. And I don't think noting that this, it necessarily means, oh, it was short, like, no. By the way, the NBA is basically playing all their games. Yeah, they are. 100%. Right? They're, they're playing, I mean, you obviously don't have the end of the season for trash teams, but otherwise, the plan is for them to finish, like, yeah what's 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 more difficult about like what's what's easier about this taking yeah. three months off and potentially losing a player at any point to a a virus or them not feeling comfortable or them having to escape the bubble to try to get some pipe try to well, lay the pipe well on a lighter note joe i just hope that the bubble allows our friends at Miller Lite to bring their delicious beverages to all the NBA players, fans, or not fans, family, media, right? We, I, I know Miller Lite has been such an integral part of your bubble the last yeah. few months. I was going to say, look, I've always wanted to be an NBA player, but if I found out that Miller Lite was not entering the bubble, I don't think I'd want to be an NBA player this year. J.R. Smith and Stephen A. Smith, and every other Smith is concerned about uh, living in the bubble without their side pieces, without being celibate. How about just not getting a delicious Pilsner? That's right. That's what I couldn't do. I'd be sneaking out of the bubble for a Pilsner. I know you're looking forward to wherever you're at this July You telling me Joe Prano's going to spend the next 30 days in a bubble without the original light beer? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's right, Stephen A. You, you nailed it. Miller Lite, the original light beer, while you're home, especially this July 4th holiday weekend. Enjoy a classic available for delivery today. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. So there's some, there's some late-breaking news on uh, not late breaking, but uh, I just saw Cam Newton's salary has been. Uh, I did see that. I oh my that. goodness! Yeah. So he's guaranteed just five hundred and fifty grand on a one point zero five total base. This is coming from Ian Rappaport. The reward comes in. He gets seven hundred thousand 
per game roster bonuses and another 5.75 in incentives, which that makes his max 7.5. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we knew, we knew it was an a incentive-based deal. And I don't know, like, we know why Colin Kaepernick didn't get signed. But tell me why the Patriots were able to get him to sign this deal. Like, like I get. I guess my question is: everybody that's like going, like, "Oh my, why, why do you have to take it?" Like, no one, like the, the Patriots, certainly didn't offer him the most money. Like, or I mean, maybe like, or they did. You know, maybe they're the only team that offered him money. But, like, I think it's just a matter of the injuries and can his can, – can he play the style of play that is effective? Yeah, I think it's – the, mar- really... the market is what the market is. Well, again, obviously, I, I'm a pretty big believer in the free market, the capitalistic society, and that's what it, that's what it is. And, and, and do factors play into this? Yeah. I mean, obviously, unlike Colin Kaepernick, you know, I know what Richard Sherman is insinuating, and I know what other people have insinuated about Colin Kaepernick versus, you know, other black quarterbacks, whatever. But, like, Deshaun Watson's getting paid. Russell Wilson's getting paid. Patrick Mahomes is going to get paid. Like, I don't think that this is an issue of Cam being black. I think this is an issue of Cam like people being afraid that Cam Newton cannot play the only style that he is effective playing post injuries or at this age being able to sustain it. Yeah. And, and honestly, just think about this. If the, if Bill Belichick believed he could sustain it, that's a pretty great deal. Just like I said last episode, why wouldn't you sign him to three years of those? Why wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. You, you telling me Bill Belichick isn't like, hey, man, let's get you an escalating deal, like I said last episode. But he didn't because he probably doesn't believe in him. And Cam, I'm sure, probably thinks, give me the one year at this and I'll prove you guys wrong and I'll get a big contract somewhere else. But we'll see if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, injuries are a game changer in, in football. And obviously, he, he can prove what he's worth this season. So we'll see how it plays out. I have to bring this story up. I know you don't want to discuss it, but I have to. Okay. It's too, it's too close for your heart. The LeBron James Knicks things thing. Yeah. So this, this story is, I've read, I've read, you know, 10 versions of the story. I read ESPNs. I read the ringers. I read bleacher reports. So I've got a lot of thoughts about this. The first is, am I surprised that the Knicks fucked up their meeting? No, the Knicks are a debacle of an organization until James Dolan is gone. Uh, they're, they'll probably remain one. My problem with this, like, sources say story is 
I, I don't know what, what these basketball um, recruitment meetings typically look like, but like the Knicks getting a bunch of famous people to like participate in a video, the Spike Lee's and the whatever, and also the Sopranos thing. I mean, and then having Mike D'Antoni talk about how their offense is going to run and then how, how Donnie Walsh is going to fill out a roster. Like, what is written doesn't sound like a bad meeting. Well, well look, let, let, let me just clarify, because there are people who probably don't even know. Okay. Basically, Bill Simmons came out on his podcast saying that the Knicks were number one on LeBron's list before he went to the Miami Heat. And then he had his first meeting, and then it all fell apart. Basically, the first meeting went so poorly that LeBron didn't even do a second meeting. And I'll just quote Bill Simmons himself. Is He says, from everyone that I've talked to in the know since then, it's clear that the Knicks were the first choice. And I'm sorry, Knicks fans, earmuffs, but it was basically the Knicks to lose and they couldn't stay out of their own way, and the stories are legendary. He went on to say they had a legendary meeting. Donnie Walsh was in the wheelchair. James Dolan was there, and it was just a complete mess. They didn't have anything prepared, and it couldn't have gone worse by all accounts. And like you said, the rumor is they had Soprano star, you know, stars. So they did have something prepared. Yeah. So basically – and, and then, I, like, the, my problem with this story, again, is – and, by the way, I'm not saying that the Knicks didn't fuck up their meeting. But every description I've heard of what this meeting entails doesn't make – like, in, unless, unless his issue with it was it was just very disjointed and that it didn't seem very whatever. But, like, if everything we know about LeBron James – like don't you kind of just want him to come in and talk to Mike D'Antoni about basketball for like an hour? Yeah. And, and, and hear me out here, Andy. Hear me out here. The Knicks are a debacle. Okay. He went to Miami for four years. He won two titles. He went to Cleveland. He went back to Cleveland. He got one. He has three titles in his career, and he has three titles in his career after the decision, July 2010. I know the Knicks are a debacle, but if you go to New York, if you make that decision to go to New York, if you play with Mike D'Antoni, if you don't leave to go back to Cleveland because, let's be honest, there's a whole different story when it comes to being in New York versus being in Miami. He went and he did the Miami thing. But, like, I think if he goes to the Knicks, there's a solid chance he wants to stay in New York because just the power of New York. How many championships do LeBron James and the Knicks have in the last 10 years? Well, the Knicks have, what, two titles since 1970? I'm saying if LeBron James goes to the Knicks. I know, but that's that's why I'm bringing that up. So the Knicks as an organization, am I correct in that? Yeah, have two titles. Since 1970. Yeah. I don't think he has three. I don't think he has more than three. I mean, the Knicks haven't made an NBA final since, what, 98? Am I correct? I mean, the Cleveland Cavaliers haven't made an NBA finals 
before or after LeBron James ever. Where LeBron James goes, a title goes. I don't think he has three titles. Okay. You disagree, it seems. I, I, I'm not saying I disagree, but I'm saying the idea that when you start with LeBron James and you have Mike D'Antoni as a coach and you have Donnie Walsh. I, by the way, I understand James Dolan is a fucking idiot. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And, the, and the Knicks organization would have fucked it up. But are they putting – are the Knicks, Donnie Walsh, and Mike D'Antoni putting a worse setup around him than Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, and a rotating – cast of coaches that have never accomplished anything before or after LeBron James? Maybe. I mean, I mean, you can't, you know this, you cannot underestimate James Dolan. No, I, I understand that. And James Dolan, but I, but I feel like what the, where the Knicks fucked up in their most recent version is they didn't get LeBron James. They panicked. They did a whole bunch of things. They wanted Carmelo Anthony, you know, uh, Donnie Walsh does, you know, doesn't want him. Dolan forces him in, but with, with LeBron James, Donnie Walsh has done his job. He has landed the best player in the world, and Donnie Walsh was putting together a great roster. Are, let me ask you something: if if LeBron James is there, and they just have the players that they traded for Carmelo Anthony. Are they a title team? Remind me of those guys. I mean, guys like Gallinari, Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, like these guys around LeBron James. Yeah. They're contenders for sure. I mean, they were the second seed in the East with Carmelo Anthony. But I'm not sure of your point. Are you, my point is... What are you I, defending here? I'm not defending anything. My okay. point is this. I don't understand the story. The story is, oh, the Knicks fucked it up because they showed a Sopranos video and they let Mike D'Antoni talk basketball with LeBron James. There, there's either more to this story or, like, Bill Simmons and the other people are like, hey, let's just point it. Like, I'm not saying the Knicks didn't fuck it up, but, like, tell me something specific. That was extra horrible about this meeting. Fair enough. Are you telling me that like Pitbull and Mark Anthony and Will Smith and whatever didn't appear in some sort of like compilation be like Jimmy Buffett was like, Hey man, come on down to Miami. It's Margaritaville down here every day. Like I'm sure everybody did that pitch. I mean, he went to Miami. We all know why he went to Miami. He went to Miami because it was the easiest place for Dwayne Wade to stay. They could bring in Chris Bosh and Pat Riley's reputation, right? That's why he went there. But, like, the idea that the Knicks were – I just don't believe that the Knicks were, like, it was theirs to lose. Because how did they lose – like, it turns out he doesn't like the Sopranos. He really wanted the video to be the people from The Wire. Yeah, who doesn't like the Sopranos? And, and, and from a basketball standpoint, the underprepared, like, to me, again, maybe I'm just a Mike D'Antoni, Donnie Walsh stan, but just in general, 
Like if I'm a player, that's all I want to do is go have a candid conversation with the head coach and the GM about what style are we going to play with me here? And what kind of pieces do you guys see being put around me? Yeah. So unless you're saying Mike D'Antoni and Donnie Walsh fucked this up, which it doesn't seem like that's what they're hinting at, I don't really get the story. Well, I think the story is uh, just dunking on the Knicks, right? Like I understand that. And don't get me wrong. Like, like, Like that's the story is that everybody just wants the shit on the Knicks and obviously, Bill Simmons is going to be the, you know, because this all started because of him. He's going to be the first one to do that. Being a no one guy. wants to dunk on the Knicks more than me. Get James Dolan out of there. It's a debacle. I, and I was so prepared to read the five versions of the story I read and see and like cringe at what they did. But they did some sort of celebrity, you know, cameo montage. And then he talked basketball with Mike D'Antoni and, personnel with Donnie Walsh yeah sounds like a pretty good meeting besides the fact that James Dolan was there yeah well LeBron made me cringe in the last week personally I just I have to bring this up his and I mocked him on our Twitter with a quote tweet just what he's saying because look Joe you know on this show my number one thing is just calling out the hypocrisy. And LeBron's doing it again, and I'm going to call him out. There, there was a big article on Bloomberg Business Week, which I read about him and um, who's this guy? Why am, I, why am I forgetting his name real quick? Who's this, uh, who's this guy with all the production companies and everything? Mm, yeah. Maverick Carter. Maverick Carter. Jesus, I had, I had a... Yeah, I just had a conversation uh, about everything with, with Tug last night. Anyway, this quote from LeBron, is, it, it's so ridiculous after how he handled the China thing. Like, I, I have to just call him out. LeBron says this, I speak about things that I'm knowledgeable about and I'm educated on. And at the end of the day, right is right and wrong is wrong. I want the betterment of people, no matter skin color, no matter race, no matter anything. And I just want to say, you're so full of shit, LeBron, because you don't. How, how you handle the China thing 100% contradicts that statement. You don't give a shit about the people of China, which, which again is fine. I'm not here to virtue signal. I'm just here to say you let your, your wallet and your bank account and your ties with Nike count more. So I think LeBron has a lot of fucking balls to make comments like, I want the betterment of people, no matter the skin color, race, or anything. You know, he's, you're a fucking hypocrite. Well, I guess... The, he is, though. Right. The only... The only I'm not defending LeBron, uh, because I think LeBron is a smart guy, and I think I know exactly... I think he's... I don't know if he did it on purpose, but it almost seems like he... Uh, like he built in an out clause to that by saying, I speak on the things I'm knowledgeable about. Like, oh, I'm What does that even mean, Joe? What does that mean? I think, I I mean, I I think if it was strategized that it's, hey, I know what it's like to be a black man in America and therefore I can speak on it. And maybe the reading between the lines is, I don't know what it's like in China and I'm not going to speak on it. Then say and, that. And Daryl Morey's not. 
Well, I think stop the, being a pussy. Like, I think I, this uh, this is my problem with real quick. This is my problem with LeBron or any of these fucking guys, dude. Now that I'm, I just, I just, because I want to bitch about it for a second. By the way, I think LeBron James probably does know everything that's going on in China. But I'm just saying that if there was a strategy there, that might have been it. But but these guys are so quick. I like to call it out from all sides, whether it's right, left, wherever. Like they're so quick to call everything else out. Kim, Popovich, Kerr, all these guys who I agree with these guys on certain issues, but on this stuff, I don't because you're, you're just a hypocrite. Like, well, you know, I, I, I agree with you. And, but also it's, I just think it's strategic. I think the strategy here is um, the black lives matter cause and whatever is something that we can fight for, but also there, what is the potential backlash? You know, this isn't the NFL where guys say like, I'm not bringing my truck with my barbecue down there. But like the, the type of people that you're going to offend by saying you support Black Lives Matter are the type of people who go, I don't like the NBA. There's too much. When did they all start traveling and flopping and play the, pass the basketball? You know, that's why I like to watch Mac basketball. I like to see a good motion offense. I, holy shit, Ed Orgeron has entered the conversation. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, like, I don't think that, you know, uh, black athletes or coaches or whatever are afraid of offending racist American people. I think the majority I, – I, whenever I talk NBA and somebody's like, no, I don't watch the NBA. They're, they're, they, they're too lazy on defense. I go, oh, so you're just a racist. Well, um, look, well, first of all, I, I, I don't – go ahead. But my point is this. Offending China is a whole different story for them. Because China is giving them a lot of money. And potentially, if you offend them, that can affect your platform. So, yeah, I think all these guys are just plain scared. But then that's, but, but that's my point. Then you're just a giant hypocrite. I, I just – it's – don't stand on your soapbox with everything else. Because I'll tune it out, dude, if you're going to just completely look the other way when it comes to this. And, and have the balls. Like, that's a lot of balls, in my opinion, to say that comment. Especially after he knew his backlash with China. LeBron has a lot of balls. I'm but, not we si- all, but we all do it to some degree. I we agree. Just hold, we just hold LeBron to a higher standard because he's LeBron James. Joe, I agree. I tweeted that out a few weeks ago. I literally tweeted, we're all hypocrites. I am the first one to admit that I am a hypocrite. But I also don't stand. But, that, but my, my, my point is, is that I can be, I can scream on this show about how Colin Kaepernick was given a raw deal and freedom of speech is the most important thing. And if you don't think that Colin Kaepernick can be whatever, you're a racist. But also here we are on Zoom, which is some Chinese Communist Party, like, you know, information stealing app. And we're... You know, and we're texting each other on our iPhones before the show starts to set it up. And we're just going, hey, we're doing what we got to do to make a fucking dollar. If, if it was possible to do this via, like, you know, something else that was easier, we would do it. But it's not. So we're doing this. Also, follow me on TikTok and on Facebook and on whatever. I agree, but, but I don't – I don't look at myself as a virtue signaler. That's, that, that, to me, that's my point is like, 
I agree I, that we are hypocrites. We are like, but I don't stand up here on this elevated soapbox and, you know, this, this, and, that. and that's my point is that these people, a lot of them, again, on both sides of the aisle have just set themselves up for, for failure by doing that. Like that, that's all I'm saying. And what LeBron has done a lot of great causes. I'm not denying that all the things with the schools, all I'm not denying that, but he's also set himself up to look like a blatant hypocrite when he does this. That's all so, I'm saying. I, and I'm okay. just calling him out on it. Okay. That's fine. So let me ask what do, what would you prefer he do? I would prefer. Would you, not- would, would you prefer that he not have a school and not talk about black lives matter because then he's not a hypocrite if he doesn't talk about China or do you want him to antagonize China and have them potentially pull support of the NBA no, or potentially I, I, throw, uh, you know, some sort of chemical and biological warfare into our society to fuck with us? No, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I, I just think that I want transparency. And maybe, maybe, maybe I'm asking for too much. I think it's a legitimate question. But what maybe, is that? But I, I guess my, my question is, what does that look like? That looks like either no comment on what on the China thing, or or just I, I said this back when it happened, or just say I got investments there. Sorry, I got Republicans buy sneakers too. Yeah. I said all along that comment by Jordan never bothered me. I mean, but, but, but does it bother you now that he's donating a hundred million dollars to black lives matter and blah, 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 blah. No, Joe, what bothers me again is his exact quote when he's saying, I want the betterment for all people, no matter skin color, no matter race, when his comments just a few months ago, can I, I, I under, that. Andy, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm asking, what you would like to see him do. And that's what I'm telling you. More transparency on these issues, or you don't, you don't have to voice your opinion. You know, you, you don't. Like, th- there are... I think, I think, I think if, you're, if, if the answer of what you want him to do is because he didn't voice his opinion on China, not voice his opinion on other things, I think that's wrong. I think, think that's, that's the wrong, wrong answer. I think that's the wrong answer. And it could be. I, 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 don't think, I don't think the answer is because you didn't speak on China, you shouldn't speak on Black Lives Matter. That's not the point. No, no, no. I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying that. I, I'm just saying I, I have a big problem, again, with just it's, – it's all virtue signaling to a degree, right? And we're all hypocrites. I just – I don't like how a lot of these people – set up these platforms to basically say blah, 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 blah. And then when they're called out on their own shit, dude, you see, we see this every day, right? Joe, we see this every, that's literally what cancel culture is. Is it not? Yeah. It's people setting themselves up for failure. And, and, and that's all I'm saying is you're, you're setting yourself up for failure when you bitch every single day about Donald Trump every single day and then turn the other way on China. 
And that's not just LeBron. That's a lot of these guys. That's all I'm saying. To me, you look, you look like an ass. You look like a jackass. Uh, I, guess, I guess it comes down to, you know, the question of LeBron James has put – LeBron James hasn't taken this position. LeBron James has been put in this position by being the greatest basketball player in the world. I can tell you for a fact that if LeBron James was the 11th guy on some basketball team, no one gives a shit what his I, opinion on China is. I no, agree. I, I, I don't I – don't, recall hearing Matthew Delavadova's opinion on the NBA in China. So LeBron has been put in this position. I think it's murky waters to try to navigate, but I guess the answer is, yeah, he could have, he, he certainly could have doubled down on everything he believed and been like, yo, uh, fuck China. But again, the NBA is heavily supported by China. All their fucking shoes are made in China. All the bubble, like, it, it's just a difficult thing. I think, I think you know, the, uh, the real test comes from... So are you saying I'm asking for too much? I'm asking for too much by saying, like, look, man, we got vested interest in China. Sorry. Like, you're saying I'm asking for too much in a way. I, 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 basically, I think the reason, the only reason you're asking for too much is we see how that went. Daryl Morey didn't even fucking say shit about China. He like retweeted some shit. Yeah. And it was, it was about to be World War III. China was about to cancel the NBA. Uh, I'm not like, look, there's, you can be a martyr if you want, but when's the last time you saw a Richard Gere movie? It's been a minute. Yeah, because he said free Tibet. And now China, who, you know, backs every goddamn major Hollywood film is like, cool, man. See you never. But, but again, Joe, if, if we're, we're having these discussions now, now is the time more than ever to stand up. We just talked about with college football. That is my point. Like, like this shit's been put on a platter forever. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not saying that I'm that guy because I'm not. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, 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 I think that you're absolutely right that there's hypocrites uh, in the NBA for letting the China thing go by and for jumping on all this stuff. I just don't know. Like, I, I feel like if, you know, Greg Popovich is a really smart guy. If Greg Popovich can't figure out how to navigate this, he's in the same position as me because I don't know how to navigate this if I'm Greg Popovich. I think he knows. I just think they're hypocrites. That's, that's my take. But what, but, but again, you haven't given an answer. You haven't given an answer. You, you can shit on China all you want, but then the platform that you have goes away because the NBA gets seriously diminished by China going to war with it. Well, I think you have to call their, call their bluff. Or you keep the platform that you have and you use it for good in other situations. So, so you, and I don't want to, we've already discussed this longer than I wanted to. I I'm just get, saying it's very complicated. And I don't know the I answer. Agree. And, and, and I, I agree. I agree. I think there are a lot of smart people who don't know the answer. Look, there's no denying these are complicated issues. These are not quote unquote black and white issues. The, the, these are muddled waters, so to speak. It's also, it, you know, it's also a very dangerous, like it's a literally dangerous topic 
But if we always remain silent, well, we Donald Trump didn't raise that. Donald Trump was like, "We're gonna take on China. We're going to China. It's me versus China. China, China. Listen to me. I'm coming after China. And now we're we've been locked in our homes for four months. I know. Well, look, we have lost, Donald. You lost." I think it's an it's a interesting conversation, and I'd love to have it more, but I want to get to some dirtball questions to wrap up the show because we've had some questions sitting there. We'll start off with an NBA-related topic since we are talking NBA. It's from Kyle Lager. Shout out to Kyle. He DM'd us, but you can DM us at The Dirty Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And he Son writes, of famous NBA shooter Tim Legler. Legger, L-E-G-E-R. Tomato, tomato. Okay. So Kyle says, when the NBA starts back up and there's no fans – we can hear the players in the court. Do you think guys like Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook that talk a lot of shit are going to get suspended for dropping N-bombs? Is Adam Silver going to have to talk to all the teams in the bubble and say to tell them no N-bombs? This is an interesting question that they've never had to deal with before. I mean, what do you think? I think it's a fair question. I think uh, that they're absolutely going to get talked to about the fact that there's no fans and the audio is going to be picked up um i think that's a conversation that is a hundred percent gonna happen yeah also they'll probably not have it mic'd as well they're the, the the nba will probably simultaneously they'll probably attack this on two fronts they'll say be careful what you say also well let's make sure you know van gundy and breen are extra loud and uh the court isn't yeah, I could just see I could just see Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook in a second round game, you know Russell Westbrook, you know dunking on Patrick Beverly and Patrick Beverly's like you, and then Mike Green's like bang 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 lots of bangs big bang 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 Mike Mike Green just screaming bang over yeah. people yelling at each other. I think you're right. I think they're going to have to minimize the mics. And we're going to hear a lot of sneakers. Yeah. A lot of the sweet sneaker noise. Did we ever – I know we did it on the episode I think we lost. Did we ever get to the Charlie Ryan question? We did get to it. I don't know if we got back to it. I can't keep – Andy, I'm not going to lie. I can't keep track of which episodes of ours you do or do not lose after the fact. <laughs> well, Charlie Ryan asked – a science teacher from my high school was on the Olympic curling team twice while he was teaching. He's like five foot eight and you wouldn't expect him to be an Olympic athlete. I wonder if either you or Joe took up curling as a full-time 40 hour a week thing, how long it would take to be at the Olympic level. I can't imagine more than a year or two. So we'll kind of, you know, re, uh, reassess this briefly. What do you think? I said this on whatever we, if whether it did or did not get out there, but that 40 hours a week is a job and curling is very clearly a skilled sport, quote unquote sport, not an athletic sport. Um, I don't know what makes a fat man from Wisconsin uh, better at curling than I could potentially be. But I know for a fact that most of these guys are like, you know, used car salesman and then on the weekends they well, play in his, in the, his teacher right exactly uh they play in the wabash you know curling club and then 
they're suddenly the, they're Olympians. So yeah, I think 40 hours a week in two years, I can make the Olympic curling team. But how do you sustain yourself? There's no, there's no money in curling. Yeah, I know nothing about curling. So, And like I said, it's bocce on ice. And yeah. I'm pretty good at bocce. So let's go. Yeah. Well, our last question of the week. I've been golfing for like two weeks now. I went to the driving range again yesterday. Like, I'm going to be a pro golfer in two and a half years. Our last question is from uh, Dirty Randy 95. <laughs> Shout out to Dirty Randy. In y'all's opinion, what do you think is more important thing slash feeling? Being the guy who scores the final points in a Super Bowl or the guy who hits the game-winning home run slash is the guy on base who scores the game-winning run in the World Series? All right. For sure, think it's the World Series. I 100% agree. Uh, no one remembers the guy. Like I, I could, because it, uh, I couldn't a, agree more. It's it's a, World especially Series. especially in. I mean, forget forget like walk off whatever, but basically every single football game ends with a knee. Well, he's asking who scores like the game winning touchdown. I understand that, but. That you're already like when that happens, great. But then, like the moment, the memory, whatever. Well, there's, a, there's a few. There's a few, but not even many people will even remember. Like I'll even ask you, and it's and it's his most famous comeback. Who did Joe Montana throw the touchdown to against the Bengals in that comeback Super Bowl? Do you John even Taylor. know? John Taylor. Okay, so you know it was John Taylor. Do you think most people know? Uh, it's a very famous one. Uh, I don't know about most people, but that's my point. I bet most people probably say Jerry Rice. Right. But my point is this is like, when you win that, when you, when you score in baseball, it's, it's a whole other thing in football. There's then a removal to the end of the game where you're like, okay, a different, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, now we have to get a stop. It's a different part of the team out there, like the whole thing. Now, I understand that in baseball, you got to do that too. You, unless it's a walk-off, you got to get the three outs to end it. But I just feel like we, even just in your mind. It's you can, 100% baseball. So, you can think of so many people. Yeah. Who did, like, yeah, it's, it's baseball for sure. Yeah. So if you guys have a question, you can DM us at The Dirty Sports again on Twitter, Instagram, or me personally at Andy Ruther. Or you can DM Joe Prano. What's your social, Joe? I'm at Joe Prano on Instagram. I'm at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Joe, we did it. Happy early 41st birthday. Oh, thank you, Andy. Send Prano. Uh, My Tom Seaver year. A 41 cent Venmo donation. Yeah, yeah. Send me 41 cents. <laughs> at, uh, what are you at? Joe, Joe Prano on? At, at Joe Prano on Venmo. Cool. Well, look, man, this is up uh, on YouTube. So guys, just know we're going to start launching these shows on YouTube live via Zoom as well. Thanks to our good friends at the Communist Party of China. Yeah, Communist Chinese Republic. Communist Party. Chinese Communist Party, setting it up on Zoom. Prano, that's it. Any other words to add? No. Uh, everybody have a happy and safe yes. 4th of July. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, guys, have a happy and safe 4th of July. Don't be doing uh, these COVID-19 parties that I saw that the kids are doing in Alabama. Don't be doing that. Be smart. 
If they die, they die. <laughs> if they die, they die. Be smart, be safe, and most importantly, stay dirty. <laughs>